Welcome listeners to this week's behind the scenes episode of Latinx Lit Audio Mag. I'm your host, Teresa Douglas. And today we're going to be speaking with Keegan Wheat, who is the author of Feeling Trans. Keegan writes poetry focused on FTM identity and congenital heart disease. He is Mexican-American. His work appears in Anti-Heroin Chic, Houston Review of Books, The Acentos Review, The Bitch and Keech, and more. Living in Houston, Texas, he enjoys collecting odd dinosaur facts and listening to many hours of podcasts. Welcome, Keegan. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be on. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here too. And I will tell you, before we actually talk about your very important piece, because obviously this is what this entire podcast episode is about, I have a very important food-related question for you. Super okay. important. So we put it first, so we get it in. And that question is because you're you're here in my metaphorical house, sitting at my metaphorical table. I would, of course, love to feed you something that you enjoy eating. So what is your favorite comfort food? Oh, I think <laughs> I have two really weirdly disparate answers. One of them is Kraft mac and cheese, like microwave Kraft mac and cheese. Classic. Yeah. Classic. The other is how, like specifically the way that my uh, grandma makes tortillas Mm -hmm. because it is very simple and it is just the best. They're so soft and they're great. I could eat way too many of them in a row. That's not a thing. Too many tortillas, <laughs> not a thing. Sorry to sorry to inform you about that. This is breaking news, people. And if, if you think there are too many tortillas, that you, that's not a thing. Okay. Just so you know, I'm jealous. I, I live up here in Vancouver, Canada, and there are not many of of our people here. I have to mm. say, and the tortilla situation reflects this sad reality. So. Oh, that is sad. It is sad. So think of me next time you eat a delicious tortilla and have one for me too. So (sighs) thank you for sharing. And and mac and cheese, let me just say that is like the the childhood food a lot of people learn to make first. Like that's when you felt grown up, like I can make my own mac and cheese. Right. Like I can very myself now. (laughs) Exactly. It's very empowering. You don't understand that like all of the stuff in there, maybe not so good to live on, but (laughs) you know, you got, you got to have it for childhood reasons. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Thank you for sharing your, your favorite comfort food. So we, we should probably talk a little bit more about you now besides, besides food. I would love to hear how long you've been writing. Um, well, the answer kind of depends because I initially started writing songs Mm -hmm. and I started that probably mm, maybe almost 10 years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't start writing like literary stuff, um, um, until about like five years ago. Uh, when I took my first uh, like intro to creative writing class at UH mm-hmm. and had a really wonderful uh, professor named Kate White Orcutt, Kate Weiss Orcutt. Um, and that's kind of when I started writing like literary and 
taking it seriously. <laughs> I love, I let you know, teachers are the best. I, I was just speaking with someone else about this and that that idea of people who who give you that experience of learning because there's there's learning to write and then there's the experience of learning to write and i am firmly convinced that that one's teachers or mentors or whoever it is that sort of gives you that oomph that encouragement can can help i know it did in my case me feel more like like a serious writer, like, oh, wait a minute, maybe there's something to this. So thank you, yeah. teachers. We're probably going to say this on every episode, but thank you, teachers, for, for all that you do. Always that's, thank you. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, I, I, I have to ask that if you started writing songs, did you ever write poetry? Um, no, actually, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, mm-hmm. And still in my mind, they feel very like separate. Like I haven't written music in such a long time um, because it just feels like two different modes to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know why I never was like, what about a poem? I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Here's my guitar. I'm writing a song. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. And it's not to say that they're exactly the same. It's just I think sometimes people – who write songs sometimes go to poetry and that's totally unscientific. And I have absolutely no background to back up that knee jerk opinion of mine, but there you go. So listeners, I'm not scientific. So you've, you found that out too, but that's, that's wonderful. So is, is then nonfiction your first love? Do you write other things? Where, where does it, I mean, we love all our children no matter what you write, but, but do you write other things? Uh, yeah, I nonfiction was sort of my third writing-related love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started with songwriting, and then uh, I went to poetry and wrote a bunch of poetry and love it still. It's, I think, one of my favorite ways to write. Uh, but nonfiction has become a really like interesting place, I think, for me to put a different spin on the things that I'm trying to say mm-hmm. uh, because I think poetry can be very um, <laughs> wild in a way uh, and creative nonfiction feels like you can say things a little bit more directly without it feeling cliche or weird I guess yeah. it is a different form of writing and I mean big obvious right there's poetry and there's fiction and there's nonfiction so we have buckets but and they can cross over each other but but you're right that there are, there are things that because they're your lived experience or if you're writing uh, something autobiographical for somebody else there there's that idea that this happened so here's here's how it happened mm-hmm. which which I think comes out more in nonfiction than it does in in any other any other genre really because poetry is so lyrical and, yeah. and you're using image and you're talking about different things. And then in, in nonfiction, you can be very understated in some of the, one of the best possible ways. And I thought that's one thing just sort of to actually talk about your work, which is the entire reason I brought you on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I found that that was one of the things that I saw as a great strength in the piece that that you have because it's 
I say understated, but it feels very spare in, in the writing. There's no, there are no wasted words, but you you feel the emotions and see the actions just so so well in this. And and before I, I start gushing about your piece, because that's coming, um, but before we do that, can you can you just walk us through how you decided to write about this and just sort of your process for writing it? I decided to write about this because I I mean it's a very clear experience um, in the story going to this pool with literally only like queer and trans people was um, a wild and beautiful experience. I had never felt like so comfortable in a mm-hmm. place that had so often been the cause of anxiety for me. Um, so I had this really wonderful experience and I thought that I could write about it in poetry, but it never felt right to be sort of lyrical about it. It felt like I was almost beating around the bush instead of just Mm -hmm. actually discussing it. Um, So I tried my hand at nonfiction um, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed how much I could put the people who made this experience wonderful into the piece and them be themselves, not an image or a lyric, but like the actual people. Yeah. And that comes through so well in, in this piece. I am going to, I'm going to talk about that a little bit, especially at the end here. But when Aiden and you say, they meet me with stepping in front of me, grabbing my shoulders in an easy sort of way, they look into my eyes I can tell even though, even through their sunglasses. And there's just this moment of, of absolute connection that, that comes through that moment and how it says they smile with all the conviction of someone who knows what keeps me from the pool. And there's so much sort of I hate to say buried because it's not buried at all. It's like there's just so much in those sentences that that's coming through, and and it's a just a beautiful moment in there. And I love that this happens, especially toward the end of the piece, because we we get all along this feeling of of coming to the pool, but it's it's that moment of connection when, especially toward the beginning where we, and listeners, you're hearing me shuffle pages because I, I printed this out. I'm old school like that. And especially the beginning where there's some, some awkwardness, like taking off your shirt and, but, but you don't have to be awkward. There, there's nothing that, that has to be, you're, you're surrounded by people who just accept you. And it's just, it's a lovely lovely piece and and I was gonna wait to gush and I, I didn't um so there we go uh but going back to your process <laughs> oh, thank you as as you were you, you had this moment you wanted to write about were were you able to get it out in one go did you draft a lot how did how did that look um 
I'm weirdly the type of person who doesn't do a lot of drafts because I think I'm uh, very interested in, I guess, overthinking sometimes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think about a piece for weeks um, um, and then finally get it out. I think it's one of the reasons why procrastinating actually works for me sometimes because (laughs) if I write it, it seems like I'm only writing this just now in four hours, but really I've spent like two weeks considering my options and putting it together. Uh, So I think this was mostly in one go besides a couple tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I feel like that thinking process is is definitely part of the writing process because you're drafting it, you're thinking things through, and it's it's nice that yeah, that totally counts as writing. So yeah, it was it was it was the invisa writing. I was going to call it a procrastinate writing, but that's actually not writing. That's when you clean every piece of your house or do some other thing um, when you should be writing. (laughs) (laughs) It's very important. (laughs) So what? If, if I may ask, because, you know, we, we as writers, we write things down, we send them off into the world, and then people look at them and react to them and have their own opinions about them. But if, if you could reach out to our, our listeners who have at this point, and you better have listened to this piece, people, because none of this is going to make sense if you haven't. But <laughs> now that they've listened to your piece, what impression would you hope that they leave with after listening to your piece? I think the biggest impression I really want them to take away is that sometimes the simplest of things can make you feel like a whole person almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Like uh, you were talking about the ending of Aiden um, and looking me in the eye. Just one single moment without even many words or a hug or anything like that it's this moment of like, like you said, connection and really sort of opening the community to me and saying like, we are here for you and we are glad Mm -hmm. you are here. Um, So I think I want people to take that away because it's a great feeling. Yeah. And it's, it's empowering because you don't have to be someone who, who like, pries off the the door of a burning car and like rescues people. But if you do that, you're awesome. So just we'll we'll leave that out there. But ordinary people being decent in in ordinary ways can have a profound impact. Yes. And that's that's incredibly empowering because we all we all can be decent people. It's it's in our it's in our choices. And we can do small things like just tell someone that you're glad they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, this is this is lovely. I, I do need to ask because you you do you're writing things and you're getting them seen in other places. Is there is there somewhere where a listener could could follow you if they're interested in hearing more of your work? Uh, yes, uh, at uh, kweet09 is all of the socials like Instagram, Twitter. Um, I really don't use Facebook as much as I probably should. Um, so Twitter is usually my most up-to-date place and I post about all the things I get published or 
if I'm teaching a workshop or something. Awesome. <laughs> and well, you heard it, listeners. That's where you go. And I will type that in the show notes. So if you didn't get that, um, but Keegan, if you can spell out your handle, that would also help everybody. Yes. Uh, it's the at sign K W H E A T zero nine. It's wheat just like the bread. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for coming to the show. I really enjoy having you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad that this piece found a home because uh, I really love it. And I'm glad that you also found something. I love it too. <laughs> thank you. Right. Well, we're just going to use that word. It's okay. It's not awkward. I love it too. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.